Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. You're listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. This is Paul Hawksby. And Andy Jacobs. And uh, this is the H&J Daily with some of the best bits of this afternoon's show. Well, we had two fine guests reflecting uh, on the Premier League weekend. Mm. And indeed looking ahead to Monday Night Football on Talk Sport, the uh, Liverpool Palace game. Danny Kelly joined us for a bit of a deep dive into all the big talking points of the Premier League. And Kevin Day was here. Yeah, he wasn't bad. He was. I thought he was very good. <laughs> oh, he I thought he was a solid seven out of ten. Would you say, Kev? <laughs> yeah, it like a yeah. Okay. Fair <laughs> enough. Um, so here it all is. Good afternoon, everyone. Good afternoon, Andy. Yeah, good afternoon, Paul. I've got some breaking news, actually. Yes. Uh, TalkSport understands. This is a transfer, transfer story. Spurs have announced the signing of Anthony Taylor oh, following right. his superb performance on loan <laughs> yesterday at the bridge. <laughs> We're going to be having a good chat with Danny about that shortly. I expected him to run over to Antonio Conte and celebrate the, the equaliser. <laughs> Look, I'll, I'll be honest. I think Danny will be of, of a similar mind. We got away with one there. I yes, think it was something of a mugging. Um, but that can happen, of course. And as can a referee having a run of games. We'll talk to Mark Halsey about this later on. It happened with Howard Webb, and he wrote about it in his book. Mm. He had a few games against Spurs where he always saw us off. And, you know, referees, they don't mean to do it. it just, it's just the way it comes out, and that tends to be the perception. And Anthony Taylor has had a run of games that's been a bit of a disaster from a Chelsea point of view. We'll ask Mark if he's ever had that experience of covering a team where you, you don't mean to, but you end up finding yourself, uh, you know, uh, yeah. sticking it to a particular side with some decision-making. The stats don't look good. That's the thing. Is he's put more yeah. Chelsea players than any other team and all this sort of thing. And, yeah, but, and I've talked about him be- before, you know. And I, uh, One thing I did see, and I've never seen this before, hmm. because I suppose there was a drinks break and allowed for it, but when the players all went to the side, Taylor stood in the middle of the pitch, and you wouldn't have heard this at home, and I can't tell you what the crowd sang, but they yeah. sang it in unison. Well, they, they turned it down. I wondered why suddenly there was a... They dipped, they dipped the audio. And it went on for about a minute. And I'm thinking to myself, he must be thinking to myself, I'm not having the best of games yeah. here. Honestly. Well, look, as I said, I know he's had a lot of stick and terrible words being banned around, but all these referees, we know a few referees, and we've known past and present. Yeah. And they go in, 
with a clean slate. They don't go in Absolutely. with an agenda. And They're certainly you know, not sticking it to one particular side. He, did, he didn't miss four clear chances no. like Chelsea did. Absolutely he didn't miss not. two yards like Havertz did. You know, he didn't fail to defend the corner that Kane scored from. Yeah. You know, you can't blame him for that. I mean, of course, the situation that led up to it and everything, yeah, they were sawn off a bit. But, you know, in the end... That those situations happen. We talked to Danny about this. This thing at the moment, the get out is the high bar. We've oh, got this. We've oh, got this higher bar for fouls, which I know is generally going down well, as, as Graham Soonis was saying earlier on. He's he's all for it, and I think there's been a fantastic little mm. um, montage of some of his tackles to show what a big fan he was of a high bar. Yeah, uh, in <laughs> <Exactly>. football, um, <laughs> two footing a Wales player in the face was where the bar was when oh, yeah. when Graham was playing, but. Um, I think it might be Mark Hughes. I couldn't quite see who it was. But anyway, Wales fans will tell us. But we'll, we'll talk to Danny about this. But the high bar is a get-out. And we think the bar has been set at a particularly violent Boca River derby. <laughs> That's where the bar is. Maybe the bar's got to be just moved down a little bit. Little Not bit. completely to where it was. Just a little bit from <laughs> Boca River. No, you know, anybody turned up with a game with a gun, do you? That's not what we want. Yeah. So um, it, it should be said, though, that yeah. it was a wonderful game of football. Both sets of players. In fact, all the players this weekend should be congratulated mm. for putting up such a tremendous weekend's football in the heat. was just yeah. unbelievable. The pace of that game yesterday yeah well, it was mad I mean it was a bit cooler at Chelsea yesterday than yeah. it had been on Saturday where I was sitting in the sun but I, the definition of the height of optimism was the bloke outside Brentford selling scarves Oh, yeah. <laughs> just what you need on a hot day. Are they, that's a good question. So, have you, are they oh, still? Yes, please give me two. Are they still selling half and half scarves outside the? They are because in the yeah, yeah. Oh, in no. this weather, I suppose it, it's there as a, a memento. But no one's thinking, oh, my neck's feeling a bit chilly. I just get just get a scarf on. I've got I've got a bloke that sits in front of me. It's fascinating. This situation at Brentford. At Brentford. Yeah, they're twins. But you can't tell them apart. They are totally identical. One of, do they wear the same clothes? You, well, not you. They're never together. They share a seat. I think they've got two ah. seats: one behind the goal, and one in front of us. And the thing is, do they I mean, play good twin, bad twin? Is one of them really nice and friendly, and the other one's a piece <laughs> well, of work? Well, they're both all right. They're okay. both a nice guy, but he should be in the singing section, but he isn't. You know that right. type. He spends so much time with his Standing back to the up. pitch, beckoning everybody to see. You think why don't you get a job as a steward? Is he one of those who gets that? Goes, <laughs> Come on! That's exactly what yeah. he does. Yeah, we've got a few of those <laughs> yeah. as well. Like they sing alone. And at one point, he was going, I want to sit where you are, because we sit where we sit, the back row. Did he sing that, or did he say... No, no, he said it to us. Sit <laughs> where you are. Come on, come on. Sit where he you said, I want to sit where you are, with our back to the thing, so we can stand up and we don't get in anybody's way. And the yeah. bloke next to me likes to stand up, so I stand up the whole game, which is fine. Yeah. But at one point, he clambered over us. He used to stand in, in, like, between us. I said, what are you doing? Yeah. I said, get out. I you said, can't it's so do that. boiling. I don't need you standing next to me, you idiot. <laughs> <laughs> it's ridiculous. He had a burger, which, which seemed to... He slumped after he ate it, and then he summoned now revived. I don't he know. Slumped. How. What was in it? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. It just seemed to absorb the alcohol or something. I don't know. But it's so funny. His brother's. Do you think he's had a drink? Te- then? Oh God. Yeah. <laughs> he's not. He's not an exuberant character. <laughs> I, I just. He had had a drink. He, <laughs> he said. Got drunk he said by to, osmosis. When he, he said to one, he said, oh, "I'm I'm drunk." He said, oh, oh, "No, okay, really." Well, but the other it's twin. Sure side, the other twin. It? He doesn't drink at all. Hmm. It's really one's teetotal and one's hammered. Anyway, I hope the teetotal ones there next time. Yeah. You you'll know straight away. Way, won't oh, you, you know, really? You can tell. You it's great. Two twins, one really sort of meek and mild, <laughs> and the other one sort of off mm. the scale solo singer. Yeah, yeah, Have you got incredible. any solo singers near you? Um, <laughs> I mean, it's a, it's a it's a group thing, isn't it? 
singing football songs. Yeah, it's yeah. something, maybe it's there, but when one man stands up and says, I'm the only person in this section who can possibly... <laughs> if you've got a solo singer, what's the one he always tries to get away? Mm. What sort of reaction? I say he. It needn't just be a man. Mm. Uh, let us know. <laughs> Talksport.com forward slash H&J. Text to 81089. Tweet to TSH&J. Troublesome handshakes. We will be touching on one, of course, from uh, the Chelsea Spurs game uh, yesterday. Um, in any shape or form, I'll give you an example. I was walking into the offices here one day. I tripped on the step, fell on the glass oh, door, yeah. dislocated my finger. I remember and that. it was almost at right angles. Mm. So um, I went, got into this, and it was agony. So I got in, and somehow popped it back into place. I gave it, you know, you do sometimes with a dislocation, but it was still very painful, but it wasn't at the angle it was <laughs> yeah. at before. No, I remember it. Yeah. So that evening I went off, it was still painful and sore, but I thought I'd got away with it. And I went off to do the Spurs Show podcast. I'll make Mike Lee and Theo Delaney. Mm. And the Manchester United podcast had just finished. Yeah. And there was a guy there, much admired over the years, fine broadcaster, Eddie Nesta. You know Eddie? I know Eddie. Yeah. I'd never met Eddie before. And he listened to the show, so he was mm. very nice as well. So I, I went and... Do you know when somebody offers their hand? Yeah. And you just forget. You of forget, course, yeah. And I, I and, and he had a proper strong handshake. <laughs> oh, no. And I just... Oh, oh. <laughs> I never said anything. But yeah. from that point on, I think that was the... I broke it. I realised it was broken. Yeah, yeah. So I think... Uh, and then after that, I went off to the, the uh, Willow Awards do. And of course... <laughs> Everybody. The night after... And that's that's a night of handshakes you have to on do a that stage. Affected left hand thing. Yeah, you but, it, but you, it looks like you're a, a masonic, doesn't it? It looks like a masonic one. Where you <laughs> you mean, offer the sh- the wrong good. the effort the, the left hand at a different <laughs> angle. I think what's he doing? Is he? A- the only time I ever had anything like that was I was playing cricket. Yeah, and I went for a single, and I. I Put my bat in the crease, fell over on the bat and bro- broke my collarbone. It's so village. I'd love yeah, to have seen the, that. It was so ridiculous. I rolled over. It. The bat handle went straight into my shoulder. <laughs> anyway, this bloke comes up to me and it was broken, but he went to me. He grabbed my arm and he went, you all right, mate? It's not broken. Oh, <laughs> Australian, yeah? yeah? Oh, yeah, I guess so. Even like, a very funny accent. <laughs> yeah. It's okay. Solo singers near you. Troublesome handshakes. It could be ones mm. that you went for, didn't. Fist bump. What is it? I don't know, but mm. it's any shape or form, really, the troublesome handshake. Talksport.com forward slash H and J. Text to eight ten eighty nine. Tweet to TSH and J. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Good afternoon, Paul Hawksby. Only Jacobs here on Talksport. Every Monday, we'll be joined by Danny Kelly to look back over the Premier League weekend, and indeed, uh, we'll be looking ahead to. <clears> our- Monday night game uh, on Talk Sport between pa- uh, Liverpool and Palace, of course, at Anfield. But uh, Danny joins us now. Good afternoon, Dan. Hi there, how are you doing? Yes, yeah, we're good, good. thank you. As you said, well, we're both aware of the fact that um, we got away with one yesterday as Spurs fans to Andy's Chelsea, who were uh, far the better side on the day, but there was a mugging, wasn't there, on Fulham Broadway? <laughs> Well, first of all, let me let me just wave this for Andy's benefit. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't bother me. I, do you re- I don't have do a rec- problem. Do you recognise this, Paul? Oh, do you recognise it? Was it was that the last ga- 125 years? Oh, I see. Yeah. Yes. Was that the four-all draw against Villa? Black, I guess Blackburn was it, or was it Villa? I think it was. Uh, I think it was Villa. We found ourselves four-one down. Gabby oh, may no, even we, have we scored. Were where- we were wearing Blackburn kit, if you That's remember. It. The yes, little yes. Spurs kit. For, mm. yeah. Uh, yeah, of course we got away with one. And first of all, let me just say how great it is that we can all see each other. Yes. Thanks to, because, of course, it was the weekend of eye contact in the Premier it, League. That's very important. <laughs> between, between Jamie Redknapper being told, uh, telling Gary Neville, look at me when I'm talking to you, yeah. to our friend Thomas <laughs> Tuchel giving it, giving it the two fingers, yeah. um, and to, to Antonio Conte, apparently now... You have to make permanent eye contact with people in order to be a football professional yeah. properly. 
Um, of course, we got away with one. Um, uh, the, look, I'll say it, Andy, and forgive me, but there is nothing more delicious, even in, on the counter at Greg's, there is nothing more delicious <laughs> than the, the undeserved 97th-minute equaliser away from home in a London derby. Mm, yeah. um, and it was just, but, but Paul is not wrong. Spurs were rotten for an hour there. <laughs> Um, and uh, and Chelsea, who of whom I have no expectations these days, except that they're going to spend about half a million billion pounds worth of, of money on footballers <clears> in the next few weeks, um, made us look absolutely awful, which made it all the more special for Spurs fans, I think. Yeah, yes. I think the thing with Chelsea is that this set of players, you see when they play against Liverpool in two finals, you'll see when they play against Tottenham, how they raise their game. That's why they're a good cup side. Mm. And the problem for Chelsea ah. is when they play teams like Wolves and Bournemouth, and they, you know teams yeah. sit back and they can't break them down. But and the number that the number know, that Tuchel did tactically on, on, oh, on yeah. Conte, no, and no. The, as he said afterwards, the execution, it's all very well to tell players mm. what to do. Then you've yeah. got to get them to do it, but... They, they were brilliant. I mean, yeah. they, they Spurs had no time and space no, to play. No, Chelsea deserved to win the game, there's no question. But the, the problem remains, everybody knows it, they, they need a striker. I don't understand why they're talking about, uh, I don't even know, it's true, they've denied making a bid for Anthony Gordon. I love Anthony Gordon, he's a terrific player. But it's not what they need, Chelsie. But it's another one of those that yeah, you've got. they don't he? need that. You know, is, whereas he, it, is he Pulisic? Yeah. Playing down the road, uh, you know, at Brentford, is Ivan Tony. He'd do a job for United, yeah. he'd do a job for Chelsea. He's a brilliant player. I'm not trying to sell him for Brentford. But no. that's much more the thing you need than, than the other type. So, you know, they're still missing too many chances to really challenge for the league. That's the problem, you know. And, but can I say as well, after, you know, decades of... I mean, Spurs definitely also got the, the, the good end of the referee mm. in this case after decades of not getting chance. But more importantly, the real mm. transformation for me was that for the first time in living memory, Andy, Spurs out-dark-artsed Chelsea. They were better at the conniving yeah. and mm. the messing about, weren't they? They were to a point, but, you know, again, you, you rely... Oh. What is the VAR there for? What does Mike Dean want? Do, did he want a piece of Cucurella's hair to be in his hand? Did he want him to look like, like your winner after he... You know, <laughs> it was absolutely ridiculous. I don't know what these people are doing. I wouldn't be at all surprised <laughs> if Christian Romero keeps pieces of players he comes up against, whether... <laughs> oh, like, like religious relics. <laughs> he has, like, come and see the hair of Cucurella. You just, just wonder, you know, and <laughs> yeah. it, it was incredible, you know, just that that would, I mean, that yeah. led to the goal, the corner, but they didn't defend the corner well and that's gets, why Spurs got the equaliser, but, you know, the, 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 the again, with the old, Richarlison, he's, he's pulled Koulibaly over to mark him, to be in his line, so they're both blocking Mendy's view and he's offside. He is clearly offside, he is and the offside, ball brushes yeah. past him. Yeah. Doesn't touch him, but Lovely. enough. And really good. Again, that should have been disallowed. <laughs> you know, that should have been disallowed. Absolutely. There was a foul on Bettencourt. That should have been uh, sorry on Havertz by Bettencourt. So you know, Chelsea says, were, says were unlucky, but you know, this is the way it goes. You get yeah. some, you know, you win. It's just Do these things average themselves out. Uh, over well, the they course don't when it's season. Anthony Taylor. That's the problem. <laughs> that is a real problem. For, I mean, Conte think, said he said I refuse to criticise Anthony Taylor. I'm not surprised. You should give him a win. Bonus or I mean, really? Uh, I wouldn't criticise him either if he'd given me two goals. Do you, do you think Christian Romero sometimes gets home and announces from the front door, darling, I'm back from the game, I've got a broken leg. You take that straight back to the owner, Christian. <laughs> That's mm. right, get it down the hospital, they may be able to do something Absolutely. about it. Absolutely. Anyway, I do think, I think your point, Paul, is going into the game, oh yeah, we got a very brief... Go on there very quickly. Spurs underestimated Chelsea and probably overestimated themselves. Yeah, yeah I think there was a touch of a yeah. team that believed a little bit too much hype and another that had a point to prove. Um, um, but, you know, it was just a bad day at the office for Spurs. I don't doubt for a minute they'll bounce back. They did show a lot of character to get back 
in the game. What's they, this music, Paul? This is the music that says, uh, shut up talking about this game. It's the music from the Oscars. Uh, I think it's called Get Off. And uh, and it's the <laughs> time for off. us to change. You need to make it louder. It's time for us That's to change thing. games. Here when we, we go. Don't stop speaking, just make it louder. Let's That's change it. games. Okay. What's the next game? Now down. What's the next game that we're going to do, <laughs> Danny? Doing... Where would you like to go next with your running order? Do you have it in front of you? Um, yeah, oh, I think, I think, I think we're going to do a bit of Forest. West Ham, Forest, yeah, Forest, Forest, West Ham. Oh, yeah, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. What a great decision by Manchester United to get rid of Dean Henderson. Tremendous. <laughs> 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 Honestly, you look at these clubs and you think, what are you doing? Yeah, I mean, I don't, should West Ham be worried? I mean, they seem to have bought good forward players. Um, but David Moyes afterwards was saying we didn't do very well in the, in the, in the pre-season of scoring goals. And now it's carrying on. Uh, into the season and maybe he's just trying to G up the forward players they have got um, but, but it's not good Forest are a team who have been slung together albeit you know I'm told by the, the experts on Trans Europe Express with some very very canny and astute cheap-ish buys but they are a thrown together team for the Premier League they've lost all those loan players etc West Ham shouldn't be losing games like this should they? Or is that, is that just not competitive enough to say that? I thought they were very fortunate, Forrest, to get something out of the game. West Ham hit the woodwork. They had a penalty, which they should have scored. A goal that was completely wrongly disallowed. I don't get how that VAR looks at that and thinks, that's just like a basketball charge. The bloke took a charge. He, he wasn't going to get to the ball. It didn't affect the goal. I couldn't see how that, that goal could be disallowed. I just couldn't. You think Henderson's going to make the World Cup squad? Well, he, he probably deserves to. I mean, you know, he's, he's got a chance, yeah. hasn't he? I mean, this, this, we come back to the knee-jerk reactions. Based on yesterday's or the weekend's games, Dean Anderson should be in the England mm. squad. I mean, you, we haven't done your knee-jerk reactions to the weekend, Andy. I don't know if you've yeah, well, I still compiled think, well, that. I, I, the tone. I still think Forrest are going down. I do. Whatever you make a good point. It's interesting. If you're going to buy, I mean, they've got some more coming in. If you're going to buy 16 yeah. new players, you, you better stay up because you'll pay for it the following <laughs> season, oh, won't yeah. you? Uh, unlike Monza in, in Serie A, they made their Serie A debut of all time yesterday, owned by Silvio Berlusconi, now into his 80s, still with the, pit, the jet black hair. Mm -hmm. Monza have got 17 new players, every one of them on a, on a loan with an obligation to buy, provided they stay up. Wow. How about that for cleverness? Mm, that is the way to structure it. Yeah, that's very... Where are they going to get the 17 times 10 million from if they do stay up as a separate issue? But that's yeah. what they've yeah, anyway, look, And Forrester are going somewhere yeah. the same. They needed that, and it was a good result for them. And you're right, West Ham, yeah. it's not an ideal start to the season, but I'm sure they'll be okay. Once, yeah, once Gamacho gets up to speed, they've got mm. high hopes for him. I saw our old mate Tom Rennie uh, of this parish sort of saying, yeah. I don't want to see defensive midfielders taking penalties. I mean, he's taking three, Declan Rice. He's, he's missed a couple of them. Um, it was a poor so penalty. They've got to find a, a settled mm. penalty taker, maybe, Danny. That would help them as well well uh, you know uh, they, they have in their in the dark recesses of their history they have Ray Stewart to look back on <laughs> yeah. whoever is the best at, whoever is the best at belting the ball really really hard is often a very good place to start mm. with your penalties and I know it's all it's all about now fancy run-ups at Zaza style and Jorginho style but somebody who can put their their foot through the ball I I, I reckon We'll still have every chance of taking a lot of very good penalties. Yeah. But I'm, I'm actually, uh, uh, this may be the first time I've ever agreed with Tom Rennie, including a whole season of doing a podcast with him. <laughs> um, for, forward players are used to putting the ball over the line. That's what they do for a living. I'd, I'd be happier with a forward player taking the penalties. Uh, just very quickly, uh, Ray Stewart, the only man in history in a shoot questionnaire when asked, what's your favourite food to say mince? And they said, what do you mean? <laughs> Shepherd's pie or mince and onions, mince and potato? No, 
Just Three mints. Ball. Just mints. <laughs> M-I-N-C-E. Ray gave us uh, yeah. that's good. Yeah. Anyway, um, we've got seven more games to come. Indeed, eight if we uh, look ahead to tonight's game, yeah, we'll which we will, through. live on TalkSport. Danny Kelly is with mm-hmm. us for the next half hour and we'll be cracking on with the Premier League review very shortly. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Danny Kelly is with us uh, to look back on the Premier League weekend. Let's uh, head to the Emirates. Arsenal, Leicester, very entertaining, high-scoring game. And painfully for us, uh, Danny, I suppose for Andy as well, because mm. they've had a few battles with Arsenal. Arsenal looking pretty strong currently, very aren't strong. they? Well, I don't think it's any secret that they're a good team now, Arsenal, because they've added um, a, you know, Premier League winning know-how in Gabriel Jesus and and the left back um, to, uh, to to you know a, a, a fantastic crop of young players. Um, I still hope. Um, you know, with my Spurs hat on, I still hope they'll find ways to mess it up in midfield as the season goes on. But actually, on paper, they look very good indeed. And they were very fluent against Leicester, mm. a Leicester team who remind me a little bit of the, 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 the knight in, in the Holy Grail, the Monty Python film. As, yeah. as various <laughs> members of their squad get chopped off, they, they, the owners keep going, don't worry, that's only a flesh wound. But they're, going to put out, they're going to be putting out nine players in some of these games soon, unless they get a move yeah. on in the transfer window. But Paul, you're absolutely right. I wrinkle my nose while I say it. They look, they look as good an Arsenal team as has been mm. for five years. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. yeah. Very good. I think balance, again, a lot striker. of these early games are a contrast of recruitment. I mean, you know, it's a big feature. Of this Arsenal's is good. Leicester's is non-existent. You know, and that, that and that's proving to be the case. I mean, I'm, I'm surprised with Leicester. You know, I'm not sure. I've heard. You know, they, they keep saying, well, they can't afford to buy players and blah blah. But what happened? They were this club that always. Bought and sold and yeah. recruited well, and you know they've got a great manager there. They, they won't keep him for very long if they don't back him. He'll, you know, the next big job well, that well, comes up, he he'll was be going kind of for slightly it. contradicting himself because apparently after the game, from what I've read of quotes from the press conference, he was saying, you know, we don't necessarily need new signings. We're fine. Mm, but sure after the game that. on match of the day, he said, you know, you can just see our team has freshened up when they brought new faces in, and that energizes everybody. So that clearly must be the case with, with his club as well, Danny. They're walking a tightrope, aren't they? Mm. they? They're playing hardball with Chelsea for Fafana, and they're absolutely right so to do. They're forcing uh, Todd Bowley to go to, what, 80, 90 million for him. Um, but the trouble is if they, if they play hardball too long, you don't get the time then to spend the 90 million. Um, and, of course, with the transfer window coming mm. towards you, other teams then start taking the mickey out of you because they know you're desperate to spend the money. Yeah. Got to be, this is a That's really, true. really, as you say, for a brilliantly, brilliantly run club like Leicester to have got themselves into this situation, um, and I speak as a sport of a club that's done this season after season after season, um, they've got to be very careful, I think. You know, because what are they? One injury away to Jamie Vardy to, away from being a, a bottom half team again? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Let's um, move on then. The yeah, music's hopefully, come on. Arsenal will find it difficult with the Europa League. Okay, hopefully, <laughs> yes. They do look good. You know, they are yeah. looking very good at the moment, and uh, hopefully, mm. Arsenal fans are buoyed by our fear of how well they're doing. Um, you can smell the fear. You yeah. Can, yeah, you can. Brentford, mm. Manchester United, Andy, you were fortunate to have been at the two great games you witnessed this weekend. I was genuinely shocked. It was genuinely shocking. It I mean, was. I, I can't. Can, mm. I'll tell you, there were moments in the first half you may not have seen on telly where Ericsson had the ball and there were four United players, their forwards, all standing in front of him, all marked by Brentford players, none of them moving. And you go, and he's just yeah. looking and thinking, I mean, what's the point of signing a player like him if you don't have any movement ahead of them? Yeah. They were a little bit better the second half, but it was too late. They kept too it to late. nil, yeah. didn't they? But that was all. My Brentford uh, mate but wasn't happy, though. The fans, some of the fans behind the goal booing Ericsson. I thought that was pretty. 
pretty poor. It's one thing to do so. Yeah, yeah Thomas every time Frank had a go about that. I thought, yeah. come on, you know, he came in there and he helped you stay up. So, yeah, you know, that's did, true. I mean, the difficulty, chats are even talking about this game is reflected in the, the paperwork for this show. If you check the original running order and the revised one we've now had in the WhatsApp group, they both give the result as Brentford nil, Manchester United four. We cannot get up. They do, look that. at it. I'm telling That's you. true. You're right. They I just looked at it. Yeah. They cannot. They, we, we, as a collective, in this country, we cannot get our head around the idea that Manchester United are mm. absolutely no good. And they are yeah. absolutely no good. And the question is... I mean, I see, I see Gary Neville and, and Jamie Redknapp arguing about who's responsible for all the rest of it. I, I mean, Jamie Redknapp has the point here. These are not terrible footballers, but they're a terrible team. So what is going on? Yeah. I mean, how can these players not find some way? Even Let's say that Eric Ten Hag turns out to be uh, the worst coach in, in the history of association football. Um, who doesn't wear a gilet. Um, let's, let's assume that that's true. Surely 11 professional men can get out there and say, we've got to do this, we've got to do that. That's what Brentford do. We can yeah. certainly, we certainly need, need to mark Ivan Tony. They're doing none of that. They're standing around. I don't get it. The well, trouble is that it was a very, very hot day, as we know. Hmm. And when you sure. go two down, mistakes from your keeper... It, it drains you. You know, Brentford, you could see yeah. physically... Well, I think it, took, it, it was almost know. like, I think it was like the Iceland-England game. I think the United players could see the back pages of the tabloids yeah. in their head as soon as it got to 2-0. I mean, you don't need sulky footballers. We're going to talk about Mbappe later on with Andy Brassel. I'm sure you did on Trans Europe Express last oh, night. Nothing amazing. Worse than sulky yeah, that was players. incredible. And Ronaldo, look, just make they've got to make their minds up because all the time he's there, if he is staying, fine, get him to buy in. If he's not, get him out of the and place. Again, the recruit you know, both teams. You know, Brentford is such a brilliantly run team. They get Ben Mee for nothing. Yeah. You know, he's, a, yeah. he's a typical Brentford signing. He said he scored a goal. It was terrific. Rose, high above the £57 million pound five foot nine defender. You know, <laughs> and you just think, Tuchel didn't well, want... Well, he didn't rise. He just stood there. Yeah, he just stood there. Exactly right. <laughs> Kunde, yeah. they didn't want Kunde, Chelsea, because he's too small. This is a... He stood Spurs. upright like a salmon. You look at a team like Spurs, they're all over six foot two. This is a big league of big players. Yes, of course, there are Bernardo Silvers and players like that. But in general, you know, as a, it's very hard to be a, a small defender in the Premier League. Yeah. Martin, Martinez um, is the is the world record signing for a defender if measured by per money per inch. Isn't <laughs> <it>? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and you've true. got you're right. Brentford deserve all the praise. They were fantastic. Yeah, yeah, they were they're, 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 they're a great a work. And it's club. unfortunate for them because we you know we can't talk. You know, we, no. you're right about Brentford deserving all the praise. But the story is mm. uh, a. a, a a legendary club whose players appear to have ossified. Yeah. I just don't get it. Um, I mean, Ten Hag not helping himself. I mean, you know, ideally play Ericsson in the position he's good at as opposed to, I mean, is he planning goal next week? I mean, who knows? It's just, it does seem very odd. There's some odd calls, but he has been sold a pup by the look, look of it uh, and he needs some help from the Social board. media is great. Eric, 10 games and all yeah, this well, stuff. Yeah, well, you know, I, I, he looks That's like brutal, a isn't like it? rabbit in the headlights. Anyway, I'm, I'm sure well, Manchester United... It's OK, their next game is against Liverpool. They'll be all right. Yeah, they'll be... Yeah. No worries next month. <laughs> well, you never know, do you? Um, Manchester... OK, yeah, we've, the music's... Faded up. Manchester City four, Bournemouth nil. That was the right we way. We should man. spend about as much effort on this game as Bournemouth did. Interesting talking point though. From uh, on to Scott ah. Parker's woolly in a minute. But first, Scott Parker said after the game, and he said it on Match of the Day. This is not our league. Man City away is not a game that will define our season, which is fine. But you do wonder, whether teams like that, whether Scott and his coaches and other teams that are expecting probably not to be in the top six, sit down at the start of the season saying, right, we need a point from that one. 
we need three points from that one, we need this, 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 and we'll stay up in our mini league. That's it. Brentford do that. They have exactly. an algorithm to see, what they know roughly where they think they're going to And everything it. else, yeah. City away is a free hit. If it goes well, great. If it doesn't, then don't let it bother you because it won't define your season. Um, you, you're absolutely right. And, and I mean, Andy's right. I, I understand that Brentford have an abs- uh, you know, a chart which tells them. But I wonder whether, should you, the question is, should you do that? The free hit is a better argument, isn't it? We'll go out there, we'll do our best and hope we will win. It looked like Bournemouth had decided we'll go out there, mm. we'll fulfil the fixture. <laughs> it doesn't matter if we get battered four, yeah. does it? And I'm not sure that's right. They didn't I, give it I, a I mean, go, as Harry Redknapp would say. They didn't go and give it did, a good but go. But worryingly well, for the rest of the league, Pep made this point after the match, you know, that City normally start quite badly. Yeah. If they started pretty well. That doesn't bode well for the rest of the league. They do look so strong. And De Bruyne, I mean, you have to admire him. The classic. The Amazing. run and finish, the assist for Foden. Well, he's a wonderful player. Pep said he's, he's annoyed that he gets so many assists, he wants to get more goals. The other thing that Pep said was brilliant and probably so true is that the one that Foden didn't square when he said, Phil's going to have to learn that uh, Erling will always be there. In the past, mm. you know, you couldn't play that ball instinctively because you didn't have a striker, a pass through. There was a good chance there wouldn't be someone there. But Erling will always be there. And unfortunately, and frighteningly for the rest of the league, Danny, he's right, isn't he? Uh, look, uh, the, the addition of Haaland, uh, I think I said it on here last week, uh, is, never, never mind when he gets used to City. When City get used to him, um, I, I wasn't really a believer in the argument that it would be a two-horse race. I think the addition of Haaland has moved uh, Manchester City away from Liverpool. Uh, we, might be, we might be watching one of the great teams that the Premier League has ever, ever produced. And you could argue, well, there's no Roy Keane or there's no David Silva, although De Bruyne is a fantastic player. Maybe they wouldn't have one player in an all-time Premier League eleven, but the the collective, and I'm glad that we're going back to collectives now, City are going to be very, very, very hard to stop. And I think it will also benefit them in Europe as well, where we've seen them, games against Spurs, games against Spanish teams, where they dominate, 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 and manage to lose 3-2. Those days are probably over with Haaland. And the, the challenge for everyone else is to get... You know, to try and get back up to speed with them. It's not Very about... They're not touched, coming back to the rest of us. Yeah. He only touched the ball eight times, but two of them let's set up a goal. So, yeah, that's you know, right. That's now, enough. we must touch before we head Ad- to the Scott's travel. jacket, Admiral come Parker. on. Scott's jumper. Uh, he wore the jumper. He had a, yeah. the only man wearing oh. uh, any kind of knitwear at all in this country on Saturday <laughs> afternoon. <laughs> it's true. With a shirt and tie. Uh, they're made by Tom Brown, one of those unfortunate names where everybody must say, what were your school days like? <laughs> must drive your man. <laughs> yeah. I've yeah, not heard that before, mate. Thanks very much. And, are you, uh, and also then, when, 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 you, when he stares black, black, when you say, what were your school days like? And he stares black, blankly at you go, have you ever been funking for Jamaica? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay, I'll try uh, the other one that people always <laughs> yeah. say. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> uh, I've looked online. Uh, Tom Brown with a T H O M. Yes. Um, the online grey cashmere four bar cardigan. It looks a bit paramilitary. I find it quite a troubling look. I, I call him Admiral Parker. Do you know? It looks like something from 1984, doesn't it? It's, like, it's one of the, the uniforms. It's, it's quite a trouble. But you I can bet p- it doesn't cost 1984. No, it doesn't cost. It's over. Yeah, you're right. It's over 20 quid. Uh, you I think retail was one thousand three hundred and fifty, but I've seen it for as, <laughs> I've seen it as for as little as seven ninety eight if oh, you shop around seven hundred and ninety eight pounds mm, if you shop around. Well, so. I, 
I always turn to Andy for my sartorial advice, given both his background and his elegance these days. Is it worth, let's say, 900 quid medium price, Andy? No, no, not at all. But if you've got that sort of money, you know, I mean, you can pay yeah. 600 quid for it's a white cashmere. T-shirt. I mean, it is so. cashmere. That's true. It's a, yeah. it's a lovely it's a lovely item, sir. Have you got it in your size? Anyway, uh, more from Danny <laughs> Kelly shortly as we look back on the rest of the Premier League weekend. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive & June. Olive & June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Danny Kelly is with us. We're looking back over the Premier League weekend. We've got a few games to uh, fit in, much like uh, the last games on Match of the Day. There'll probably be less focus on the two nil all draws. So let's go to Villa Everton, uh, Danny, and the main talking points from that. That was a no eye contact handshake between two. Great friends, of course, oh, for, yes, for their friends. England uh, past. Yeah, so it's very yes, strange, it, wasn't it? In the let's play Paul Scholes on the left derby, yeah. <laughs> um, uh, it, 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 was, it was. I think both managers are feeling in different ways. Lots of pressure already at this early stage of the season, and I feel I worry about Everton because. Um, they, were, they lost a lot of football matches last season. Lampard come in. They continue to lose a lot of football matches. They look much more organised in losing the matches. But that, to me, is almost worse. You know, they, uh, they, they, they're struggling, I think, to, um, to, to break out of that. You know, they got away with it in, in the end in the relegation uh, battle. Hmm. They're struggling to break out the habits of previous seasons. And what's worse is that I think Richarlison brought something to them, and that was chaos. The other teams, could, at least Everton, had something chaotic about their play with the kind of things that Richarlison does. The lack of that meant uh, not only are they well organised, but that soon spills over into predictable. Aston Villa, on the other hand, I don't know what's going on there. I, I'm obviously, I hate to see talented players injured because it's such a waste of a large chunk of their possible careers. And so the news that Diego mm, yeah, Carlos is out for, for nearly a year, yeah. I think it will be a whole Awful. season. I mean, that means that whatever's happened to Tyrone Mings, 
And and the manager has got to be made up somehow. But he did play very well at the weekend. Yeah, he last did I so. he, he rose to I it. I thought so. Yeah, I think it? he's really good, Mings. I, they do look know, a bit I'm wobbly at Villa. Once Everton scored, they really were hanging on. And the encouraging run from Anana for Everton's goal. He looks decent. Although he made a mistake for their second goal, Villa. But... He does look quite yeah, I mean, good. We're at that stage when a lot of new players, we were talking earlier on about West Ham, and they've signed a guy they think is going to score a lot of goals and be successful. But none of yeah. these people have had any time to bed in, all these new signings. No. It's not easy to pick up the pace. I actually think the couple of little cameos Basuma's had, he's not looked himself. Um, I just think you know, it's going to take him time. You're fitting him with new players, and it's very early Charleston in the season. You've got to give people time to settle in. Great finish by Danny Ings there, though. You yeah. know, it was, yeah. I mean, yeah. Can, can Everton afford to sell Anthony Gordon to Chelsea? Mm. I mean, they can't afford to turn down that kind of money, but can they afford to let him go? Why would yeah. Chelsea want him? They don't need it. It's already... I love Anthony Gordon. He's a terrific player, but what do they need yeah. him for? They need yeah. a striker. You know, this is a bloke that's only scored four goals. He's no good for them for what they need. So, yeah, you it's, know, it's, and Everton shouldn't sell their best player. That would be a disaster no, yeah. for them. Unless it's a smoke screen for Calvert Lewin, Andy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but he's injured a lot and injured for a bit. Yeah, yeah so so is, yeah. Uh, let's have a look at South uh, Southampton two Leeds two. Uh, that's our next game, and <laughs> we beat uh, the music that time. Yeah, we did for a change. Uh, Ralph Hasenhutl needed that. You do wonder if it had stayed at two mm. nil, whether you know we'd have the old sack race odds from Paddy Power later on, and he'd be top of the tree. He may still be, or maybe mm. Eric Ten Hag's running a close second. I don't know, but um, yeah, uh, up pops Carl Walker Peters and uh, got them out of jail to an extent it was a good fight back yeah but this is this is um the opposite the southampton do that thing where they concede goals in in bunches mm. and then concede large numbers of goals or and it tends to be at home um they, they they go behind and then fight back very very bravely the trouble here again is how many of these fight backs can they do to gather up the necessary i mean i'm sorry to talk about this but you know we all know there are about eight teams in the premier league who are vying for the European place, and everybody else, whether they like it or not, are trying to avoid relegation. Mm. There isn't that middle league anymore. I think anyone could fall into the relegation uh, battle. And Southampton, again, a bit like Everton, their habits suggest, without using the terrible cliche of circling the drain, uh, <laughs> that, that they are at least travelling in a drainward direction. And, they, and, and they've got to get out of that. I mean, is Hassan Hootle Andy... Um, Scott Parker's nearest challenger. He, is, well, no, he went back Premier to League. club shop this week. He did. So. He, he moved ah. away from assistant manager of a Tyrolean hotel, didn't he? And he, <laughs> and he went on to. He, he, he should wear his. I, when he was good, he wore a very tight black tracksuit where he looked like he was wearing a wetsuit for games. He should go, go back, back to, to the wetsuit. Well, I seen, thought his substitutions yeah. were good. Rebo made a difference. Yeah. Mar and Armstrong. Yeah. So yeah. And, and yeah. in that mini league, the, the mini league algorithm will probably come back to you throughout the season. Yeah. Uh, beating Leeds at home, I would have think they would have been looking for three points home against Leeds Southampton wouldn't they absolutely why wouldn't they uh, you know Leeds haven't improved that much since the uh, relegation haunted season that we've just had um, so yes if they have I like to think that these charts um, are real physical charts and they're putting different coloured stickers little dots uh, red for no chance there we'll just like we'll get our tummies tickled uh, orange for if we play nine at the back we might get a nil nil and then then the, the yellow one says right well or green we're going for this and yeah. that must have been a green dot match for them no, we'll it? have an Absolutely. idea of how good Leeds are next week because they play Chelsea and they lost 3-0 late last year to Chelsea when Chelsea weren't playing particularly well so we'll see how much very encouraging improved. signs that's mm. a, a different style 
and I, you know, you kind of sense they'll be yeah. all right, but it's, it's, it's very early. Uh, we've still got to squeeze in um, the the uh, game between uh, Newcastle, Brighton versus Newcastle, uh, a nil-all draw, and the big talking point was Nick Pope. Who knew he's a really good goalkeeper and was an absolute yeah. bargain for ten million? Well, Callum Wilson was a bit unlucky with that decision. To me, it looked like a good piece of skill, really. Yeah, yeah, it was a difficult one, wasn't it? They said it was the foot was high. Apparently, I mean, the foot was high. Um, so you know, you're not going to get away with that, are you? Really? When, when you no get contact, these games, man. when you get these games between teams who look incredibly closely matched on paper, you mm. always hope that that closeness will be the, 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 reflected in a four-four draw. Um, but of course, both these sides could still uh, they're very improving uh, football teams who don't have a cutting edge, and mm. that you know, nil-nil. Uh, but, but you could argue, Pope, kind of both ways, Danny. It wasn't a natural nil-nil because one of the goalkeepers no. had a blinder, you know. No, fan, okay, one real mm. standout save, the, the Lallana yeah. header. Yeah, that was, was a, a brilliant save. save. Yeah. Um, and they're going to let Mopay go as well. Brighton seem to be able to let lots of good players go and bring a couple in and, and still have he's, enough. He's one of those strikers that drives you mad. He'd probably he be great in the championship, but he miss, misses too many chances. Do you, do you know who would be most surprised by that decision? Neil himself, because yeah. he believes he is a brilliant player. <laughs> um, and, mm. and all he's got go running against that is the evidence of our own eyes and the statistics. <laughs> yeah, that's very um, true. Let's have a look at Wolves versus uh, Fulham then. Mm. Again, no major talking points. The big one that came out of it was Mitrovic may be lucky to stay on after a bit of a double yellow in one sequence. Mm. And also... The, the miss pen. I mean, you, again, you can't start saying. I mean, I've too. Oh, well, that proves he can't score goals in the Premier League. It's a penalty. It can mm. happen to anybody, can't it? Really. Well, you know, I went into great detail last week about how much I love Alexander Mitrovic, but part of that is because his good performances are such a long distance away from when he has days like this. He'll miss a penalty. He'll do everything to persuade the referee to send him off. I had to check um, if it was actually a bank holiday next week in Serbia. Um, but it turns <laughs> out it's not. It's not carnival in Serbia. Um, and as I said last week as well, so much of Fulham's season depends on what he does. Mm. And uh, they'll be, you know, they'll be, they'll, they will be at the moment pampering him and giving extra rub downs and saying don't worry about Alexander everything's going to be fine because they cannot afford to get on the wrong side of this fella um Four or five more weeks like this, though, we might see a very different attitude from the, from the, yeah. everyone else at Fulham. They, they mm. made a good start for them, but next week is a, a very key game for them. And it's, it's a local derby. It's Fulham against Brentford. It's going to be yeah. fascinating. and uh, That should be a great game, live, by the way. Yeah, I think it, it should be. Yeah. Um, let's have a quick look at tonight's game. Um, Liverpool versus Palace. Kevin Day is going to join us later on for a, a greater look at this one. Big Palace fan. Um, mm. So is there anything down for Palace tonight? Where would this be in their mini-league algorithm, you think, a trip to Anfield? Dan? Well, it's well, tough, it tough start for them, as Andy mm. said, after Arsenal at home last week. Two tough mm. games. Well, I presume it's a big red dot on the melamine chart that we've got, probably even with a, with a black line drawn through the dot as well. Because while I say Manchester City looked to me to be the class of the field, we're in an extraordinary time in the history of the Premier League where the second best team, if I might be so rude to Liverpool, are also a fantastic team. And it wouldn't shock you if they won the Champions League, you know. Mm. And so Crystal Palace going there, as you say, for Patrick Vieira, when he must have when he saw those fixtures, <laughs> I suppose you could take the positive and go, at least we'll get those games out of the way. Yeah. <laughs> but, when, but when you're sat to nearly bottom of the table with only Manchester United to provide you with seating, um, it, it's not a good thing for the start of the season. I can't... Look, I love football because things happen, but I can't see anything other than a Liverpool win here. It's not a Don't bad time to play them, though. It's not a bad time to play them. They weren't brilliant last week, and they have got uh, Thiago injured, and 
you know, but they might be angry. Still, still, you might get the backlash. Still hard to make a case for Palace, really, but we'll see. Well, I think we've squeezed it all in in the allotted time, yeah. which is they said it couldn't all, be done. They said all three done. of us. Um, <laughs> well done, fantastic, Danny. Enjoyed it again. Thanks, as Danny. We will do it all as again. As regards the music mm. for getting us off, Prince's "Get Off" is available. You know. Oh yes, yeah, that, that just as a matter of interest. Maybe we should have yeah. a, we should have our it's own, like, shouldn't we? If I think <laughs> if the song is actually called, let me tell you, it's actually. Let's have a look. I, I did look into it a bit. It's called. Yeah. It's called Too Long. The song is actually called Too Long, and it was written just effectively as a bit to get people off the stage of the Oscars yeah. when, they're, when they're going on too long, saying, thank you to my agent and my mum, you really love me. The phrase you're stretching for there is it was written because they couldn't afford Nimrod. Yeah, <laughs> probably <laughs> Let's true. be honest. Yeah. That's true. Let's be honest. Okay, That's then good. maybe let's introduce our own version of this. It'll do the same I'd job. I love that. Um, yeah. So we'll, we'll have music from the great Played Prince on a Casio, it. possibly. Played uh, on, on a stylophone. On a, It'd be on nice. A stylophone, if we can still talk about them considering their advertising campaign. Danny, thank you. And <laughs> yeah. uh, we will catch up with you. Oh. We will catch up with you next week. <laughs> Of course you will. Bye, yeah. Bye. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Yes, good afternoon, Paul Hawksby, Andy Jacobs here on TalkSport. Andy Brassel will join us. We'll have a good look round Europe. Hat-trick for Stephen Bergwijn for Ajax this weekend. Yes. Lukaku off the mark Great, well. good news. So, so good, <laughs> glad to see that he's lost a stone. Yeah. He really is pathetic, isn't he? That cryptic <laughs> thing he did. He's so irritating. You know what I mean? It's everybody else's fault. I mean, really, he should be ashamed of himself what he did at Chelsea. It was pathetic. Well, there we are. He's more angry about that than he was Anthony Taylor yesterday. No, no, that's not. Uh, Why did Taylor red card both managers as well? Watched it again now. Yeah. He didn't need to. He just didn't need... All right, it was a bit aggressive. It yeah, was, it was the second time they'd, it was a yellow each. It's the second time they'd, they'd gone head to head. I just compounded a terrible performance from him, really. Yeah. But there you go. Anyway, um, Mark Howes is going to join us later on because sometimes in life you don't always mean it, but you just have a run of games as a ref, I'm sure, where one team always seems to uh, get sawn off. We'll see if that ever happened to Mark and how you get through it uh, as a referee. And we've seen situations where in the past where they've said, just keep that. Well, it just don't create trouble for a ref or officials. Just keep them away from that team for a little while. But as we said, not enough top-level refs at the moment mm. with so many retiring to mean that uh, you know the rotor uh, can be in such a situation that they, they won't be there at least two or three or four times a season. Anyway, we did ask you about troublesome handshakes earlier on today. Um, I had one with the fine broadcaster Eddie Nestor, which I think was the which was the, the mm. sealing the deal on breaking my hand. It wasn't his fault. He offered a hand to shake it. I'd forgotten. I dislocated my finger earlier on that day. Uh, I think there was a slight crunch, and the rest is history. Um, <laughs> yes, well, we have troublesome handshakes in all shapes and forms. Mac, the Toon fan, got terrible arthritis in my right hand, and after every game I played on a Sunday, I had to endure the agony of the whole opposition players shaking my hand, mm. be swollen for a week, and then it had calmed down and have to go through it all again the following week. And there was the fist bump is really a, a, a fairly new thing, isn't mm. it, for Brits? Yeah. So you wouldn't. People still want to shake your hand. They do. Yeah. I mean, it's you know we, that was it, really. yeah. Working as a doorman, I went to fist bump someone, mm. but as it happened, they were holding their hand out to have it stamped to get back in. I was mortified, <laughs> says Matt in Scunthorpe. So do keep those coming. I did that. You reminded me of that thing when uh, with Gary Player. Yeah. The old building. Gary Player was in the building with Danny Kelly recording a My Sporting Life. Oh, that's right. And yeah. it was at four o'clock. We'd finished the show, and Andy was having a, a post show of Blutes, weren't you? You'd popped yeah. into the loose there. Tell us what. 
happened? Well, I, it's a bit naughty, man. I, I, was, I didn't wash my hands yeah. <laughs> for some yeah. reason. Can I, I say, can I juice the kids' <laughs> vernacular? You, had, you, had a, you only had a tinkle. It doesn't no, make it tinkle. right, kids. No, it and if you right. are listening, always right. wash hands, even post-tinkle. And it was a one-off, wasn't it? Was, it was a one-off. I don't yeah. normally, I normally, especially in these days, this was yeah. quite a long time ago. Yeah. No excuse, I should have washed my hands. Yeah, you should. But I didn't. So, uh, as I come out the loo, Gary Player is actually waiting there with his hand outstretched as he sees me. Does he do that to him. everybody through well, a closed door? That's <laughs> <laughs> strange no, thing in life. Could be anybody no, coming door. through there the door. He was. I went, hello, and he thrust his hand towards me. Yeah. And I thought, oh, <laughs> what can I do? But he, you know. So you offered, uh, you, post-tinkle, you offered... survived. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm looking at him. He's in, he's in fine fettle, <laughs> yes. so it obviously didn't do him any damage. So we'll take those as well, maybe moments when you shouldn't have shaken. And the within, from Lucha Libre tried to break my oh, arm. Oh, yeah, no, that's always a funny clip. seems to think he's very funny. Oh, no, it, it is very funny. Clip on his phone. It is very, he's got it as a hotkey on his phone. We watch it quite often, actually. He's got and two just, clips he loves, <clears> me doing that and Ray Stubbs falling through those cardboard boxes. That's right, on Children in Need, there is two favourite clips but it was some Lucha Libre wrestlers who came in and they kind of went into their act and um, one of them went to shake hands with Andy and then sort of turned him round and got him in an arm lock to which Andy went ah oh! <laughs> uh, and then to follow it up uh, another one of the wrestlers got him in a headlock not really reading his discomfort and annoyance it was which I mean honestly for anybody but Andy it's absolutely mm. hilarious um, maybe we'll put the clip up on TSH and J so you can all in- yeah, Andy you'll see it. the funny side that uh, was I'm a long sure time ago <laughs> <laughs> this is a good day for you it was painful to leave a few things behind <laughs> um, uh, yes after, uh, only a few hours after getting a tattoo on the palm of my hand I saw my brother in town normally our handshakes are quite forceful at impact well okay sounds yeah. like you're landing on the moon completely forgotten about my newly tattooed Tattooed palm. I went in for the with the usual vigour. Uh, needless to say, I yelped like a newly born dog. Did a beautiful turn of phrase, Ryan. Beautiful Thank you. There, yeah. yeah, that's nice. So do keep them coming. Troublesome uh, handshakes and solo singers. Have you got solo singers? Andy has encountered twins. One of them doesn't say boot to a goose. Mm. This is in his season ticket at Brentford. The other is one of those solo singers. Tries to start a song, then turns around, arms in the air, and goes, "Come on!" Uh, and trying to get everybody going. They think, "Sit down, you burke." Yes. It's really fun. I'm still getting a lot of stick from people on the Chelsea website for having a season ticket for Brentford. They just can't understand it. They don't get the idea but that once, I... What, cause one is because it's 10 minutes from my house and I love football and it's a chance to watch Premier yeah, League football with that? in a completely stress-free environment. Yeah. And the other is the club I've loved since I was about four. Yeah. You know, there is a big difference. Of course there is. They don't seem to understand that. You know, they're going, oh, I couldn't do that. You think, oh, all right, that's your bad luck. Yeah. Don't worry about it. It's very enjoyable. Mm. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it was fascinating on Saturday as well the way Brentford you've seen the stats from that game they outran United it was amazing yes embarrassing really <clears throat> well I thought I mean of all uh, Ten Hag he hasn't completely covered himself in glory mm. although you're not, you can't blame him for mm. all of this but the symbolism of what he's made them do go into training yesterday yeah. and run 13.8 kil- kilometres the exact number of, uh, mm. of kil- kilometres they were outrun it's true. by Brentford <laughs> to say right you're going to run yeah, yeah. exactly this get the stopwatch out um, and telling him what he thinks, yeah. laying down the yeah. law. I think he needs to, doesn't he? Really? Yeah, it's true. And uh, good, interesting piece in the in the Sun this morning by Sun's Oliver Harvey, mm. who we know from uh, uh, we met him in Kaliningrad at the worst hotel in the yes. universe. And uh, but he, he's been out to Doha to do a report, and it, was, it makes for interesting reading. But what I couldn't understand is there's a photo of him. Uh, he's in the desert on a camel, and it's about fifty degrees, and he's wearing the old thick nineteen. Do you know what, Andy? I don't think I think it was when they brought. It's the thinner version. 
version because you look at what's is written it? on it. I think it's it's not the old Umbro oh, thick I it was that cotton thick one with a cotton no, England, t-shirt. England, on England did a pure red shirt that looked very much like that. Oh, so it's it slightly air text, but still, he's got he's got a t-shirt underneath it. I know. He's Better than a vest, I guess. Perhaps he probably uh, thinks it's quite cool here at the moment. Uh, as a 16-year-old, says David, mm. I was on a job interview. I had five polo mints left, so put them all in my mouth. OK. After a minute, they mm. called me in for the interview. Panicking, I spat them into my hand. Well, OK. Yeah. Uh, the interviewer reached out and <laughs> oh, received no. my extremely sticky hand. Oh, my God. He had a look of disgust. I'm not, not surprised. Good. He got a look of disgust and possibly three yeah. polos stuck to his hand. It's true. Yeah. So do keep them coming. Troublesome handshakes. Solo singers you've had to put up with at your uh, games. Talksport.com forward slash H&J. Text to 81089. Tweet to TSH&J. Andy, a quick one for us? Yeah, they're very interesting. A lot of columnists have sort of joined the chorus of critics of the Premier League care officers. As if this is something new. I don't hmm. know about you, but I've I've known people... There was you know, Gary Staker at Chelsea. There's been players liaison officers for as long as the Premier League's existed. Long time, yeah, 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 yeah. I don't know why suddenly been. it's become like this thing and, oh, you know, another stick to beat them with. They, they should be able to do their own stuff. They, they never have. No. And so, I mean, you know. it's like early... Actually, who were the first player liaison guys? Um, it would have been probably early 90s, wouldn't Yeah, I'd it? say that. Well, I remember uh, abroad yeah. they were doing it. Yeah. Again. Um, I'd say the mid-90s. Yeah. yeah. Oh, there were, there was, uh, clubs have always had uh, stuff like that. Yeah, it does seem odd. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Yeah, Monday night football tonight. Corking game. Yeah. Um, two entertaining sides, Liverpool versus uh, Palace. And a man very much was skinning the game. It was there for the Arsenal game last week. His friend of the show, comedian, writer, author... Uh, it is Kevin Day. Good afternoon, Kevin. Hello there, yes. I was very excited about the relegation six-pointer. <laughs> Already what a crucial a game for both the sides. Season. That's a hard start for Palace, there, isn't it? I, the fixture computer, like every referee, has got is it in for us. Brighton never seemed to play a top six team. We seem to be playing a top six team every week. We've got City, Chelsea, Arsenal, Liverpool in the first... Four games, Ooh, which really? is tricky. Yeah, and yeah. it turns out Arsenal we thought was going to be the easy one, but it turns out they're ten times better mm. than they were last season. So, and I'm, I apologise if listeners heard me snort when you both went. Well, it's a good chance tonight. Good time to play Liverpool. Won't be as hot as before. In that he's not feeling shed by most Palace fans. Um, no, it's a difficult. You know, we were talking. If they get anything, it'll be a brilliant yeah. performance. And we were talking earlier on to, about Scott Parker's comments after the City game, and he said, "This is not our league. Man City away is not a game that will define." our season you could say the same about Liverpool Anfield for Palace I'm sure all of us fans do you do this do you look at the mini league I mean you obviously set a bar where you want Palace to be and you think everything over this is a bonus where I think we can finish and you look at the games that you think yeah we've got to be getting three points there we're going to do this we're going to be top eight top ten top six I don't know where you set the bar Uh, top 17 (laughs) <laughs> that's, that's pretty much it. Oh, it it's an odd league isn't it and Leicester were an exception uh, and the trouble with Leicester winning the league is it made sure the top six will make sure that never happens again mm. so most of us are in a league that we can't win so then you set your, your, your parameters like, do you want to get into Europe do you want to survive do you want to be comfortably mid-table but you want to get to a stage where even now it's our 10th season in the Premier League we should be looking to go to Anfield and thinking we can compete here and that's the beauty. That is the beauty of the Premier League. Generally, you look at you know Spain, Italy. It's so unlikely that the top two teams are beaten by other teams, and that partly because they don't tend to go and try and win games up there. We we will 
we will try and win, we'll try and get forward, and that'll probably be the reason why we lose, to be perfectly honest. I mean, they gave a very, very good and promising Arsenal team a good game, and I didn't see all of the game, but I watched the highlights, and they missed chances, didn't they? Second half, we, were, we, we struggled even last season to put two halves together in one game. First half, I don't know whether we thought there would be the same Arsenal that we beat 3-0 in, in April, but the first half, Decore sat very deep, and Schlupp and Eze were very far forward. Wilf and I didn't come off the wing, so that left a huge amount of space for Arsenal to pour forward <clears> into in the first half. If we do that again tonight in the first half, we'll be in trouble. I, I, I suspect he might play Hughes as a second holding midfielder tonight. I think he will have to, and I, and I think it'll be interesting. Our, the best passer we had was Joachim Anderson. He's fantastic. Mm. Some mm. of the balls he was playing across the fullback to get to Wolf. So I suspect that'll be a tactic we, we go for tonight. But They've let Ben Teke go. Is that a, a, I know he's a, a bit frustrating, but it seemed a bit of a strange thing when you need goals. Well, do you know the odd thing is... <laughs> Defensively is where we need him, but we are so bad defending set pieces. We're really poor defending set pieces, and that's where Benteke was used for. I'm sorry to see him go. It wasn't. I don't think there's any Palace fans who didn't like Benteke because it's that classic old cliche. He never stopped running. He never stopped giving it. And the he effort. didn't have a bad season last year. He was better, wasn't he? Slightly. He still. We bring these wide players in. And they put cross after cross after cross. Somehow, when Benteke comes on, they seem to stop doing that. You have to, you have to feel for him. What we haven't got, we still haven't got, is that sort of midfielder, that sort of Kabayi player mm. who can pass the ball to his feet or in front of him where he could turn a centre-back. So I felt for him. He scored 17 goals in his first season for us and he had terrible, terrible injury problems. He's not the answer, but it, it, in terms of the forwards, we've got options at the moment. I was really sad to see him go. Nice, mm. nice chap as well. How bad a miss was Gallagher, you think, looking last week? They've been trying to talk about Eze playing a bit more centrally. I mean, what do you make of that? I, for me, it's not a like-for-like replacement, mm, to no. be perfectly honest. I, I, I'd rather see Eze play as a, as a 10, really, like an, not a, the sort of energetic midfielder that Gallagher is. Eze doesn't get around the pitch in the same sort of way as Gallagher. He glides rather than runs around tackling. But we... That energy is going to be a really difficult one to replace. That's, so that's why yesterday with him because he, he did get some game time yesterday. He did in the first game. Now Kante's injured. You presume? Yeah, they won't gonna, let him go out. He's going to play. So I, I, I would imagine that Chelsea are going to keep him. That was a problem watching that game yesterday. Loftus Cheek started. We thought that's not good news. Yeah, and played really well. I well, that was the best performances he's had. That was even worse news because mm. we, yeah. we sat there watching it, thinking, well, if he if he has a really bad game we've got a chance and the same <laughs> when Gallagher comes on we go oh Gallagher's coming on let's hope yeah. he falls over and then comes to Palace but I've, Gallagher's a brilliant player he really is a brilliant player but still you look at Chelsea's squad and Chelsea's depth still I, I still don't see where he starts every game Gallagher even with Kante being injured I still don't see him as a yeah. as Tuchel's first choice anywhere to be perfectly honest and with the well, World Cup coming up you still maybe you think there is a chance? It's his decision. He's a Chelsea fan. Yeah. He wants to play for Chelsea. I think a lot happens so. to the rest of the Trinidad. If they got yeah. De Jong, for example, then they'd yeah. look at it again, I suppose. But I, I think if Chelsea fans want him to stay, then they can see he's yeah. a really good player. 
We've been talking a lot about the nostalgia with the 30 years of the Premier League. Let's go back uh, beyond the start of the Premier League because they, well, they were playing football. Beyond, beyond the start? Oh, yeah. That, the old beyond days, the start of the Premier League. Hackney Marshes, this game was played on. And, uh, and, uh, no, it was uh, Liverpool versus Crystal Palace. You'll know the date. It's probably seared in your memory. The 12th of September, 1989. And it is a look. It's a, we've had a few 9-0s over the years. Ralph Hasenhutl, you're off the hook. But this was a, this was a fairly infamous game, wasn't it? Um, uh, 9-0 at... Anfield. Yeah, what were your memories of that? Well, I wasn't one of the thirty-four thousand lucky away fans who got there that night. <laughs> so I, I, only Palace fans would pretend that they went to a nine-nil battering. Basically. <laughs> it's like the amount of Palace fans who I know for a fact weren't even in the country. Who said, "Yeah, no, of course I was there." No, you weren't. Yeah. Why are you pretending you were there? I, um, <laughs> we had some friends. It was, it was on the radio. We gave that up after a while, and then we went onto CFAX, which for young people is where kind of words came up on a TV screen. <laughs> but every time we checked that, it, it was going up by two goals at a time. Oh, dear. The worst bit was when we missed the penalty at 6-0. Because we <laughs> we we it could, could have been a turning point. <laughs> Anything could have happened. <laughs> you that, never know. That would have put a bit of doubt in their minds. <laughs> Who missed the pen? Jeff Thomas. Oh, wow. Uh, wow. Steve Koppel, to his eternal credit, always said afterwards, they had nine, nine shots on target and scored all of them. We had seven. The only good news, and this is how football fans minds work is mm. that Liverpool scored so many that they knocked Millwall off the top of the table on goal difference <laughs> that was the only consolation <laughs> the but silver um, linings oh, yeah. well, also the other silver <laughs> linings is that we ended up getting Nigel Martin out of it because poor old Perry Suckling was never that, that's the joke going around the next day do you know what, what time is it it's nearly ten past Suckling the old Frank Haffey line yeah, is, yeah. Thank, thank god it was pre twitter it's just one of, you know what it's <laughs> like most football fans listening to this who don't support a bit it, when it gets to 5 or 6 nil, you think it might as well be 10 you might, yeah. you might as well break a record you know, they, they beat us 7 nil at Sellers Park two seasons ago and, and then you think well if they score three more, it puts a nine nil to bed. Yeah, the game finished ninety five nil last week. I was reading. Did it? Yeah, but there, there was there was two games. They, I think it was um, there were two games. We're going yeah, slightly <laughs> suspect league matches. I think they're having a look at this. The first one of them was. So it wasn't a cricket match. One of them was no. One of them was two nil at half time. I think the other one was one nil, and one of them finished ninety one one, and the other one finished as one hundred and two nil. So uh, they think the pundits think it's a game of two halves. They think it was. I don't want Graham Sooners would have made of it yeah well, what would Messi have done there Graham would have said I'm not quite sure it's 102 nil. Well, we I don't know, think we can get him out of this we know who Thomas Tuchel would have blamed yes yeah. <laughs> can we put this to bed by the way Thomas Tuchel who will get into an awful amount of trouble for suggesting that yeah. Anthony Taylor hates Chelsea that's absolute utter nonsense to suggest that Anthony Taylor hates Chelsea because it's Palace he hates <laughs> that's, 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 well, uh, thanks for putting that right uh, I, I think you don't have to you don't have to watch any game he's ever yeah. reft us in to know he hates that's, uh, he's too that was that was brilliant yesterday yeah that was lovely and, and it, I, I, I really like the fact that uh, Jamie Carragher acknowledged when it was kicking off first time and he said well we're supposed to say at this point that no one wants to see this sort of thing mm. happening yes we do <laughs> that I, was, I that couldn't see brilliant. a red card in it for both managers. I couldn't. I just, what, it's, what it was the second time, though, wasn't it? They got yellow carded. I mean, it was a straight red, but it could have been a second yellow. He might have given them second yellow. Yeah, he would have had the same. He should effect. have got second yellow for running down a touchline. Yeah. Don't they miss three games, so. isn't it? Like players. They no, miss no they'll, miss, they'll miss one game. But, no one's, we don't know what Conte said to really annoy Tuchel for the first goal. I mean, I, was, I don't know. I think Tuchel he just got in his. I mean, Tuchel was upset because he thought it was a Pentacle yeah, foul. He wasn't, he wasn't annoyed no. with Conte. He was just it, annoyed with the fourth no, official. No, I mean, no, Conte came and just looked at the Chelsea bench and gave it some. So that was. But I mean, the handshake at the end. 
that that really was. I mean, okay. Do, do you have to have eye contact with every handshake? Yeah, I mean, as I said, so. um, Lampard and Gerrard didn't. They not no. particularly. That was a bit of a cursory. Sort I of think thing. he wanted to say something to him, and he felt it was a bit cursory. You know, just well, 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 I don't think he wanted. So he might want to have a pop at him. I mean, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah, no, I mean, I think Tottenham are thinking of appealing. Apparently, well, uh, I don't could, think you, they've got much chance. You could see Conte obviously thought that he'd been alpha mailed. Yeah. So he did that classic pub thing where he thought, oh, I can't let him do that to me. I've got to go back and do it to him. Yeah. <laughs> which, which could have gone on for quite some time, basically. Uh, well, Kevin Day is with us, and we will continue to look ahead to tonight's game. But let me just give you those teams quickly. That day, 1990, it's been a nostalgia for Palace and Liverpool fans, and all fans of football are getting very nostalgic. Grobelar Hansen, Glenn Hussain, David Burrow, Stevie Nicholl, Steve McMahon, Gary Gillespie, John Barnes, Ronnie Whelan, Peter Beardsley, Ian Rush. And it wasn't too shabby. Mm. Uh, Palace side, you said Perry Suckling, never the same. David Burke was playing that day. <laughs> John Pemberton, Jeff Hopkins, Eddie McGoldrick, Gary O'Reilly, Andy Gray, Jeff Thomas, Alan Pardew, Mark Wright, and Wrighty. And Wright was playing yeah, in that game. More or less the same team that then beat Liverpool 4 3 in the FA in Cup semi final. Yeah, 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 that's when, true. When Super Alan Pardew scored, uh, still didn't realise that Super Alan Pardew was an ironic nickname <laughs> even then. But uh, it's. Uh, that was the odd thing because Liverpool hadn't started that season particularly well. Mm. And when you look at that team, because they had people like Hussein and Burrows in, you think, well, that's not that's not the well-beating team they've been in the last couple of seasons. Cut no. two. And it's only three and a half times. That front line, isn't it? Yeah, the, front uh, line is yeah. the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Kevin Day is with us in the studio. He's a big Crystal Palace fan and they take on Liverpool tonight on TalkSport in our uh, Monday night game. I just had one thought before we move on. Mm-hmm. Uh, going back to that game yesterday, that Romero, he should try grabbing Conte's hair like that. <laughs> that would come <laughs> oh, out in his he, hand. He doesn't like, apparently, he doesn't like his hair being touched. No, no he doesn't like it at all. No. Conte? No, he's, he's not, you know, it's like he doesn't like anybody... Laying that. Cucurella's rang him today. Said, "Can I have your hair transplant?" Please? Wasn't it? Wasn't it a player when he was at Juve? Somebody sort of ruffled his into somebody ruffled oh, his like hair, it. and I think oh, it was a bit like that time somebody when David Bentley tipped a bucket of water over Harry Redknapp. It's never quite the same. The relationship went. I think this is probably neither the time nor place to mention this, but the guy who uh, executive produces "Have I Got News for You" can't stand having his neck stroked. Really? But he's got the why, soft, you, why did you do that? Because he's got the softest neck. He just accidentally stroked the back of his neck once. It, got, you can see, physically see, it's a very it, soft neck. It's, I've never stroked a swan's neck, but I imagine <laughs> this is what I swan, But he doesn't like his neck being stroked. He's I an can, old-fashioned Barnsley lad. I can understand that. I mean, yeah. do, so do people. It wasn't just you. Other people have gone up and stroked this. Maybe it's, it's like a luck. Yeah. Maybe, it's like, maybe it's like old Bobby's nose in Edinburgh. It's, <laughs> it's more like Great me saying, it's, more like, it's actually me saying, it, it really annoys him, go up and stroke the back of his <laughs> <laughs> he liked you say or oh, he likes it no he, hated, he, really, he really hated it but you could say to people what he really like, like just, a new writer on have I got news for you thing he really likes day one just for good luck do you want to stay on the neck. show yeah. just stroke the back of his yeah. neck just quite softly but, but that hair pulling there was there was some utter nonsense spoke about VAR over the weekend the hair pulling one was one the hmm. board's already out of play it wouldn't have it still would have been a corner no, to top the ball was on its way in it was the a free kick no the, the board it, VAR can't can't change. No, VAR free can't change it. If Taylor had seen it, it would have been a free kick. Said, yeah. It was a free but, kick, and he should have been sent off. Yeah, he should have been sent and off. And therefore, they but would have that, had a man yeah. less at the corner yeah. and all that sort but of. But only thing. if but Anthony anyway. Taylor saw it. I don't think VAR could have given a free kick. No, no, VAR could not give a free kick, but no. he should have sent could him have off. Could have sent him off. Yeah, but they would have been another corner. Still would have been a corner, but it would have been a man down to defend. And this other thing as well, this this idea that that foul, if it was a foul, happened too long. VAR can't do. There's a time limit. There's no time limit on VAR. Every pundit 
over the week uh, following that game yesterday, saying, "Yeah, you can't take, you can't go back that far." It's like the West. If, if uh, Mikel Antonio had failed the Forest player mm. in the other half, that goal would still have been disallowed. Yeah, it's, it's, it's not, a passage of play. The ball hadn't gone as long out as the play. ball doesn't go out. It's the same passage still, of play. But mm. that, so I suppose it's, it's a subjective it. decision it? to clear it, Chelsea. Before it, we let you the, go, well, the other the other could also mm. point out Jermaine Ginnis, who I love Jermaine Ginnis, yeah. but his theory. Uh, last night that it can't be offside because the goalkeeper didn't appeal. Yeah. So that's a, that's a, it's like, he, 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 well, he can't see, but he's, he's got a lot of people in front they, of him. Basically, he's not offside. Offside's the maddest rule. No one knows what's going on. That mm. was offside in any description, really. But there you go. Uh, I suppose the biggest it. shock, really, of the weekend, mean, interesting to get your thoughts on it, was the Manchester United performance at uh, Brentford. I mean, oh, yeah. mm. uh, it, it, it is an absolute shocker. And look, no doubt things are going to pick up and, you know, they'll be fine. But Manchester United oh. shouldn't just be fine, should they? Oh. I feel I've mentioned Ash before, the chap who runs my local off license, who's the, the maddest football fan, but he loves loves Man United. And he was so uh, to the extent I actually went to another off license on Saturday night, I couldn't, I couldn't face it. I, I, thought, I thought I'm going to you, you actually changed off license. I'm going to have to give him a day. I can't. I can't. I can't face it. I went in yesterday. And he was still. It's just. I, I thought it was a real indication that David De Gea, because they were saying, "Oh, how brave David De Gea is to volunteer to come out and chat." Basically, he volunteered to come out and throw everybody else under the bus, essentially, mm. which is an indication. But that second goal, I don't care what the new manager's philosophy is. De Gea could see that he was marked. Yeah, somebody else, the, yeah. the fullback took the goal kick for some bizarre reason. De Gea could see that he was marked. What's happening at that club that he still thinks it's a good idea to give it to him? Yeah, twelve yards out. And the fact is, whatever happens to Man United now, and it's. I'm only repeating what everybody else says, and it's got to be root and branch from the top. It's going to take five seasons. Yeah, it's, there's there's no easy way. You can see how he hasn't got the players to press. They didn't have last year. They haven't got the players who want. Mm. And then this nonsense yesterday, like a schoolmaster, he brings them in to run the missing eleven kilometres. Because <laughs> like, I quite good. liked his style. There, thirteen point oh, eight, 13. exactly 8, thirteen point eight. He's trying to prove. A he's point. trying to make a point, isn't he? Well, he is, but I would, I, I would guess. I mean, if you're a top team, you mm. probably shouldn't be running as much as a team like Brentford because you're letting the ball do the work. Isn't mm. it? But just to actually bring them in and say, right, just this is how we deal with it. You run that missing thirteen kilometres, and then we never mention it again. It's like, it doesn't. It doesn't work like that. We I've, should. Sorry, Kevin. We, Kevin, we should ask you very quickly because we're running out of time. Uh, you've been in Edinburgh. Many listeners will go out mm. there. Uh, any recommendation? I know one was football themed. You were telling us in the break. There's, That's a, good. Uh, there's a brilliant play called The Giant Killers, which is about a match in 1879 between Darwin and the Old Etonians. Wow. Absolutely fantastic. Jim Daly, who had his guest on. Mm, he's very good. Really yeah. brilliant. Clubby Pets. Yeah, part of the Palace family. Part of course, she'll be watching. To, what she, time is she on? Tonight? She's on at six o'clock, but ah. she, she comes on to Glad All Over. And also, just <laughs> just for sheer mischief at the Edinburgh Festival, her playing music as the audience arrives is a selection of England World Cup songs, oh. <laughs> which is just engages the mood of the audience from that. There's a brilliant play about Les Dawson about, and about Charlie Williams. I didn't see any a bad show up there, but good. Uh, Chloe Petz, uh, probably my favourite. Jim Daly, really good. Right. Sarah Keyworth. There's a lot of. It's just nice to be back there. It's just yeah. so lovely. That's to what be a lot of people have been saying. Yeah, it's wonderful. It's Finally, Kevin, uh, where will you watch tonight? Watch at home or in the pub or in the off license. <laughs> I, I I get really nervous. I, it's a fifty fifty chance I might just walk around the park in Streatham. <laughs> I've got I've got a train. I've got a train for the marathon. I could do that. I just get. Yeah. I hate watching games. No, when I know I'm, you when I'm not there. I really don't like it's it. More nerve wracking, isn't it? It than is. Watching in the stadium. I don't give, know what that is. Give us a score just before we go. What do you reckon tonight? Give us a prediction. What will you take? What will you be happy with? Well, that's. I, 
if we're if we're off the bottom, still on goal difference, I'll be happy. <laughs> if we I've, I've three, I'll tell you, I'll, I'll break the habit of a lifetime. I think we'll probably lose three one. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. So thanks for listening, and uh, if you can join us from one tomorrow, that'd be great. If not, the podcast as always will be available available around four o'clock. You've been listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Hear the guys every weekday between one and four p.m. on Talksport. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15 stem bunch of tulips. For just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rose, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.